Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. G'day, I returned. I don't know, Prince was there when I was talking about this on Friday. I, I just now say g'day as if it's like a normal thing to say, which it is Yeah, it, it is in Australia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I've not, not only have I never been to Australia... I mean, it's not that I don't yeah. have Australian friends, but I don't really have anyone very close to me from Australia. Mm-hmm. I've just decided yeah. that... Like... I don't know. It's a good thing to say. Sometimes we get these quirks. It's fine. Yeah. I've been trying to practice the Australian accent more, but for the moment, I'm more distracted by the California accent, which I actually find, like, among the hardest. Oh, how come? I don't know. There's just something about... Because the thing is about the California accent, it's very neutral American. So it's uh-huh. so easy to slip into more of a character accent. So I have a very hard time just sounding like some guy called Josh, you know, like that sort of vanilla accent without it becoming a southern or, or character accent of some kind, which is which is not what you want, right? I can do two accents and you've heard both of them. And then I can say get out uh-huh. in like in a... Uh-huh. Uh, yes, yeah, but your American accent was so good last session. Uh-huh. <laughs> I <Yes>. hate you. <laughs> okay, cool. Last session, we had the score where you tried to and succeeded in meddling with the relationship between the Hive and Begum Bushundara and the Ashcroft family. It turned out that the bribe that the Hive had arranged for the Begum was basically a job that Elizabeth Ashcroft had figured out so that the Begum could design all of the interiors for the massive fleet of airships that the Ashcrofts are invested in. The first one has yet to be completed, never mind to take off, but that's you know not a problem for anybody except uh, Ashcroft. We saw the tea house, the grapefruit, where Vickers turned up before Elizabeth, uh, interfered with Goopy and Baga, told them that you know like she was there to like hang out, be their friend and so on, and then aided them in dining and dashing because this is not a place where you can really afford to uh, eat unless you are very rich like Elizabeth Ashcroft. Elizabeth then later turned up and was mildly drugged by her sister in order to calm her nerves but in doing so also 
became somewhat convinced that uh, her new paramour actually had it out for her. When the paramour arrived, that person being V. Paihard, there was a lot of very angry gesticulation and suspicion. And V. Paihard was... You cannot understand her. She has an accent that nobody can penetrate. You didn't need to understand her to know that she has basically she's basically telling you that you're an awful sister, you're an awful family member, and that with you and Miraz should basically be ashamed of yourselves or treating uh, the lovely and amazing Elizabeth in the way that you have. But you managed to do, to alter the contract in order to get yourself some extra cash. You managed to get away from it not having made too much trouble, and you made a friend who was the Silver nail who turned up on the scene towards the end. But yeah, that's where we left off. I guess we, you know, we're kind of like in free downtime now. We managed to make it back to the temple. Not a big problem. I think it's really important to address that we have advanced in tier because that's a really big thing. We are no longer a small fish. And I think this manifests as basically we have this contract, right? We have Bashundar off our back and we have kind of a source of revenue, a source of income a little bit. So I think, you know, renovations on the temple are proceeding. And the way I imagine it is that, at least for Vickers' part, her, her like, tear up is going to look like we have a more nicely decorated temple. And I think also, I think I think she's prioritizing is we have actual, like, cooking facilities now. So that even though our food still sucks, we can still offer food. We can at least offer food on, like, a scale to, you know, people who come to us. There is something to eat, even if it's terrible. Well, this is very important, in fact. Uh, but please, everyone else, add, I, I think it's cool if everyone adds something that they have, like some improvement to the temple they have seen too. So for Vickers' part, the improvement is going to be the decor and like basically an expanded kitchen. It's still not good, but it can handle a lot. I think Miraz has finally managed to add electroplasmic lights to the entire temple complex. There's a little generator that mm-hmm. I think like we feed with Leviathan oil. It's not like bank breakingly expensive but it's still like it's still fairly notable and i think hmm, i think there's probably going to be some problems in terms of like uh being able to acquire enough leviathan oil to keep this going in the future but for now there's enough i imagine you can get some from the foundation that's probably where i'm getting it actually but we'll see how, how that ends up being I think there's also now guardrails up near near the spot where Joan and I had our conversation like two sessions yeah, ago. Yeah, up on the roof. Yeah. So now there's like guardrails. There's like an actual walkway. People can go there now. And, you know, in general, there's like more hustle and bustle. There's workmen going around here and there. And Miras can be found most days in his workshop trying to draw up this, this escalator plan. How about Abbas? What have you paid attention to in this improvement? Um. Okay. Uh... I think we could go with. So, what 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 kind of improvements are we talking about exactly? Because is it just uh, just our um, just our layer getting better? Yeah, yeah, it's our it's our organization getting better, right? It's just our tier increasing basically means that we are now a more politically heavyweight faction slightly in the city. Partly for the benefit of the listeners too. That's what tier means. It's like your political pull and influence, but it does come with some you know perks. What perks would Abbas add? As an outcome of this, Ooh, um, I mean, if we we're really leaning into uh, what we've established about him already, uh, he could expand his library. Maybe he gets a subscription to some, uh, you know, publications and stuff. You know, really keep keep up with what's been going on in 
in uh, Russia. There's one thing we know about Abbas. He's on the cutting edge of scholarly thought. <laughs> and what about Emma? I think we've seen over the, the past few sessions that we've been taking people in uh, into the temple to stay for a time or for a long time. Uh, of course, the Skoflander, uh, the two Skoflanders, and also, I forget his name, what was the guy that we didn't that we considered taking in, but didn't eventually? Uh, Morasim. Morasim, yes. Yes, yes. He he lives with uh, Pierre now. He lives but... with Pierre. Yeah. correct. But I th I think what we might see is that we have these like kind of monk cells, right? That are kind of Spartan rooms where the the temple custodians and such might live. Uh, I imagine they might be a have become a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more prepared for actually receiving people. And it's possible that there is one or two people that actually make use of them every now and then. And I think that one change that you will notice is that the, the twins who, who were Zajidan's kind of left and right hands, respectively, in some lights, especially under the harsh electroplasmic lights, Sometimes when you see them, it seems like their skin looks a little mottled, like it's fake skin. And then you kind of like blink and then it's gone. So it doesn't look like that. But I think it does seem like your cohorts have taken on some of the aspects of the avatar of your god, if you pay attention to them. The other thing that happened is that, and I'm sure Paddapriya and Paddamukhi are really, really annoyed about this. There's now more and more people from our congregation who yes. seem to have taken up residence in the temple and they're like going around like, can I help you with this? Can I sweep that? Can I fix this? Our cohort has expanded in mechanical terms, mm -hmm. right? Now there's more of them. Yeah. Probably like five or six people. They're not only staying here, but they're also doing yeah. tasks. Yeah. So now they're like, at first I think Padabri and Padamuki like ignored them and resented them and like then they started relying on them. Now it's like a reluctant sort of thing where like now... Padapi and Padamukhi aren't just two people anymore. Then there's more of them. Well, more About, sisters. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, but like, you know, they, it just seems to come in a unit still. Huh? Like when you call for Padapi and Padamukhi, now some they might show up with some random guy. Mm. <laughs> they're, <they've, laughs> uh, they're now, uh, what, surgeons in our... Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, yeah, I think like certainly a lot more hustle and bustle uh, than there used to be. This is mostly a good thing. It is mostly very useful that you can pull upon more people and you've got more infrastructure. It does unfortunately mean that you are also uh, acquiring more attention. Prince, why don't you tell us first about your downtime? Absolutely. So it was mentioned some time ago that Morosim is actually into Roofball, correct? Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. So I, uh, I want to go visit him with uh, Peer and... Uh, to flag what I'm doing, I'm indulging my vice. Uh -huh. But my plan is also to onboard Morosim into my team. <laughs> because... Okay. Or at least to test him out, right? He has been playing Roofball. Right now, he's just like... So he's in hiding from the hive and so on. Yes. But I feel like we have... Hmm, does it make sense to have him reappear in a public position on our team, actually? It would be dangerous. Yeah. But it would also be funny. It sounds like the sort of... Slightly reckless, silly thing Vickers might do. But then she's also savvy about gang politics, so... Mm -hmm. Depends on which mood she's in, I guess. Yes. I think what she will... What, I think, yeah. 
her reasoning here is that we have expanded our temple. We have sort of made a claim, right, that we are protecting this guy. But he also needs to be somewhat subtle. So, yeah, okay, I have an idea. So, uh, she will go to Pierre's place with a number of supplies with her subterfuge supplies, no less. <laughs> and she will ask to see Morsim. And I think Pierre's, uh, Pierre is... Uh, he's now got much more free time on his hands because of Morsim. So at the moment, mm-hmm. he is... I think he, for, for whatever reason, he's darning some socks. Uh, and mm-hmm. he, he, he sees you, he immediately stands up, gives you like a salute and says, Captain. Uh, and then says, uh, uh, he's, he's round the back. And I think he yells out. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, he yells mm-hmm. out for Morrison and says, you're here to see him. Yeah. And I will go around and look at him. And I think Vickers is normally very, very pleasant to people. But this is a man who tried to kill her husband. That is true. Or at least severely <laughs> hurt him. Uh-huh. So one of the rare times we actually see Vickers look at someone with like a bit of disdain. She's not her usual polite, cheerful self. Right. She comes in and she says, well, I wanted to see how you're settling in. I wasn't there for your onboarding when Uncle Abbas pulled you out of the gutters. But I trust you're finding yourself at home. Oh, uh, well, I, yeah, um, it's, it's, Pierre is great. We are, we're getting on really well. And I think, like, as you see him Mm -hmm. talk, you also see that, like, one of the things that's happened is that, like, probably stopped drinking as much as he used to. Yeah. Uh, which is good for him. Well, I'm sure I have no doubt in Uncle Abbas's abilities to set a fellow on the on the right path. I do believe you have learned your lesson. But I also feel that if you're sitting here idle all day, I don't think it will be good for your constitution, nor for your habits. We ought to find you something to do, don't you think? Oh, I, I, well, I mean, Pierre is... I'm, 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 help, I'm helping Pierre out with a job. You don't need to worry about me, ma'am. I'm not... I, I can I can pick up my own weight. I'm doing the best I can, and yeah, he's uh, he's been very kind to me. I think he thinks that like you're criticizing him. Yeah, I think Vickers's eyes narrow a bit, and she says, "No, this is no criticism at all. I'm here to offer you an opportunity. You see, the Rooftop Angels, my team, well, they're composed of second chances. You see, there are people here that wouldn't quite fit into any other team, nor in." In some cases, any any other other social situation, nor in some cases, and I'm thinking specifically about socks in rooms with furniture. (laughs) Now, I'm willing to offer you the same kind of second chance that I've extended to the members of my team. You don't have to take it, but if you do, I feel like rather than hiding you in a ret hole all day, we could give you a, a bit of a makeover and a new identity and something to do. And she will pull up, like, we don't really have team jerseys, but she will pull up, like, some of the decorative angel wings that I guess we wear yeah. alongside my subterfuge supplies. <laughs> and my plan is to onboard him under a new name. Incredible. Okay. Let's say... Okay, I have two questions for you. The first question is, how good are these supplies? Uh, well, they're the same tier as, as us, so they're tier one. They're just what, what I have access to uh-huh. from our temple. Yeah. So that, 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 that's fine. So they're probably actually ceremonial things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably are, actually. Second question is, when you like bring these out, does it seem to Morrisim like you are saying, I'm going to induct you into the temple? and that, Because that's what your supplies appear to be like coming from. 
Yes, that is perfectly possible, actually. I mean, Uncle Abbas was supposed to bring him on the straight and narrow. I'm sure that if he listens to more sermons, he will be better. That's how Uncle Abbas works, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely how Uncle Abbas works. It's, it's, um, it's easier to, uh-huh. it's easier to uh, like, it, it's harder to resist. <laughs> yes. So I think then let's say that if you are willing to actually induct him into the temple, then that seems to me like a devil's bargain. And you can just roll... Mm-hmm see i think he will accept anyway but i think this is about like how well uh, the the fusion goes yeah uh, very well are we calling this a downtime action or is this a roll with risk i think this is a downtime action i think this is like uh yeah. <clears throat> you're working on making your cohort better because i think he is actually like quite good at this job okay sure so i think my action is sway i think i'm trying to persuade him and I will take the bonus die of inducting him into the temple because why not? Now we have this guy. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's I, totally yeah. passive. It was Abbas's idea to bring him on board with like sermons and and moralizing. So I'm uh, making him Abbas's problem. Yes. That is what yeah, excellent. I represent. This is, this is how family works. You just get other people to solve your problems for you, and yeah. it never backfires. This is yes. no problem for yes. Abbas. He, this is this is exactly what he wants. Another disciple. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this guy will be both our yeah. cohort. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is going to be absolutely... So I, I roll a four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a... It was a four and a one, so that's a four. I think with a four, let's say that what you're doing is you're adding like another quality to your cohort here. And the quality is like, right now, without you, they are not going to be... They're not like super effective, right? But if you add Morrison mm-hmm. to your team successfully... And Morosim can lead your team like very efficient. Mm-hmm. Let's say that is it one upgrade? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he is somewhat good at that. He's actually... So I, I've added him as a deputy yes. of the. Yeah. So let's say it's a six-step clock, uh-huh. and that if it's a six-step, once you finish the clock, you will be able to, will be able to like add independent or something like that. Like, for, like, like doesn't need constant supervision as like a thing that your cohort can do. Right? Yes, deputize Morazim, I've called the clock. That's the project. Very good. And to be clear, Vickers does not trust no. this guy. This is just, uh, uh, you know, but she, she does believe genuinely in redeeming people. Yes. And so she, she will give him a chance. If he fucks up, he will not get any more chances. Yeah. But, and like, you know, he doesn't want him to rot in a hole his whole life. So, yeah. And to be honest, I think we can, we'll see. Whether he fucks up or not. I don't think that's really something we can know quite yet, but we could know it soon enough. Oh, absolutely not. And so this chains into my second downtime action, Uh if I can do both at once. Which is, uh, I will be visiting Purnima Gosh, my vice purveyor, for a friendly match to test out Morosim's skills, you see. Because I don't actually know how good he is at Roofball. Oh, yeah, you don't. I have now asked him to join. And then we will we will test his metal. So I'll keep the scene brief. We don't have to get too into it. But Vickers will appear before Purnima with the rest of her team. Uh-huh. And uh, she will say, Purnima, I hope you don't mind. I've got a prospective new member, someone I'm trying out. Don't go easy on him. I know you never would. <laughs> and she like smiles. Yeah. And then she steps aside. I think Morrisim... Yeah, what does Purnima yeah, say? I think Morrisim is uh-huh. like nervous but excited. Because it is like, it's fun, right? Like it's, it's, he's mm-hmm. not against it. Yeah. And uh-huh. Purnima is like, she looks him up and down. And then she looks back at you and she, and she says... Uh-huh. Yeah, you could do better, couldn't you? And like, 
I think this is less about him and more about like poking you where it hurts, which is really like this is where your job uh-huh. is. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I think Vickers will notice the yeah. barb and like just take it because she is doing him a favor. This is a very pointed look to Morrissey. Like I am doing you a favor. I'm putting my reputation on the line here, yeah. right? And uh, she okay. I, now I need to give him a new name. Obviously, as I introduce because I can't yeah, introduce him as Morrissey. Morrissey. What's a what's a good name to give him? Um, Okay, just the first thing that came to my mind, uh, Vickers goes like, well, I'm pleased to introduce to you my prospective new member, Augustus Carr. <laughs> or have you told Morrison before this moment that this is going to be his new name? No, uh, no, he's Augustus Khan yeah. now. I think Morrison's the kind of guy who would love to be Augustus Khan. <laughs> yes. Uh, he... If he was Morrison, he would like grunt and like like maybe salute, but like now that you've uh-huh. you've named him, he's going to Yes like, Augustus Khan is uh, it's a very different kind of man, I think. Or he thinks anyway. Yes. So he will like uh-huh. do what he thinks yes. is a bow. Yes. And then I obviously I have disguised him to look exotic because that th- this will throw off the trail. So he has he has a cool romantic eye patch now. <laughs> It's complete. He doesn't need one, but he has a cool romantic eye patch. <laughs> Very good. Yep. I think like he he like absentmindedly scratches like the skin under his eye patch because of course you can still see out of that eye. It's just that the cool romantic eye patch is necessary. Uh, yes. And he yes. This is a problem because with only one eye, his uh, depth perception perception is going to be shot to shit. Yes, but he needs a disguise. We need to keep his identity secret. Plus, plus, of course, I'm testing him with a handicap. This is, (laughs) you know, all true roof ball players must succeed even when they're being held back. This Purnim actually taught me this last time we trained, where I had to do things with like only my left hand and stuff. So, yeah, very good. So, in fact, he's gonna put gonna put him through the same. Routine she put you through, except not only is he not as good as you, he's also going to fall over quite a lot. Uh, I imagine you're going to be like, mm-hmm. making sure he doesn't fall and break his leg or his neck, because if you don't do that, yes. I mean, it's a real, yes. it's a real possibility. Uh huh. So I think I think the the details that I've added to him, his new disguise, he will have a cool romantic eye uh-huh. patch, a fake prosthetic oh nose God. that is really like big and Cyrano de Bergerac oh style. God. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and a beret. <laughs> That's his disguise. Uh, no one will don't... recognize him. This is flawless. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like nobody is also ever going to mistake him for anyone else now. Um, have you told him? No. I don't think. I, I think unless you tell him explicitly for this not to be the case, he's also now going to adopt an accent. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, perfect. And he's going to adopt the accent that I'm about to do now, which I will never do again, which is the. Kind uh-huh. of accent that an Indian person does of what they think a French person sounds like, but never, never uh-huh. having actually spoken to a French person. So I think he will say something like, uh, "Hello, Ozzy. The ball is in my hand," and he's going to try very hard and fail. But, you know, we can see how your wife. I will roll my indulge vice now. Yeah, we'll you genuinely how... think that's the last time you're going to do that accent? I hope so. It's- a foreign ah, I roll a six. So you, you, you clear the most stress you can. Yeah, yeah I'm actually, I'm appar- yeah, I'm apparently proud of his performance. I think not only does he do better than you expect, but that Purnima genuinely thinks that this guy is some guy you found on the street, and she believes you. Uh, yes, like 
he uh-huh. definitely thinks he's weird and that he's a character, but that everybody in your team is like that. Sox is like that. Pierre is like that. So this is just another yeah. person in your collection, yep. right? So yes. At the end, she's gonna be like, oh, not half bad for someone who can only see out of one eye, and I'll just 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 tell him to not to speak as if he's got like off his mouth full of cotton, and I think we'll be fine. Uh-huh. It's really annoying. Vickers yes. <laughs> like claps a hand on his shoulder and says like, Hey, don't worry everyone, the communication issues will soon be over. He's assimilating well to the local <laughs> to the local climate, isn't he? <laughs> his accent will go away over time. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, learn. Think, he'll figure it out. Uh-huh. This is this is how we get rid of the accent. <laughs> okay, good. Bye. I have my new deputy, Augustus. Excellent. I like that as soon as I gave him a fake identity, Morrison just decided to change his old personality and become, like, slightly obnoxious, but also just well, cooler. So I think that, in fact, Morrison was just waiting for somebody to give him a purpose in life. I don't think he was expecting yes. this to be the purpose, but now that you've done it, you know. Yes, precisely. I think that was Vickers taking it too, you know. He's a, he, he may have attacked my husband, because he's a sad, confused, alcoholized man. <laughs> yeah. He needs something better yeah. in his life. Yeah, yeah. He's also not going to uh, really enjoy it when he finds out that Goopy is now contributing to Abbas's newspaper, because Goopy used to work for him, and now they're uh-huh. kind of equals, maybe? Yes. Like, yeah, that's going to be awkward. Uh-huh. Okay, that's Vickers' downtime. I just wanted to tie up the Morrison loose yes, end so we don't just leave him hanging out at yeah, here. Yeah. I think this was a fun 100%. way to do it. I don't worry, I would have tormented him somehow. <laughs> I have potentially one more thing I want to do, but I'll do it after everyone does their regular downtime. But I'm thinking of a way for Vickers to reduce heat on the crew as well. Ah, yes. So just flagging that. that. I keep forgetting about heat as a mechanic. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, but I actually think I have a reasonable way for Vickers to do it here. So I'm going to mm-hmm. probably spend some crew resources to get the law off our backs. I'm very ready for you to be our like appointed person who remembers that heat exists of the crew yes. once yes. again. <laughs> yep. Okay. Guess who has two thumbs and three free down directions? Uh, Is it you? Abbas, Shafi, Aldin, Chakraborty. No. Well, I do as well. Oh, no, oh, you no. do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, excellent. Everyone should have but the best The number of thumbs that Abbas has has not yet been confirmed. So. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking about thumbs once more. <laughs> yes. So speaking of loose ends, mm-hmm. two sessions ago, the, uh, the Chandler man, yes. what was his name? I, I, Ahmad. Ahmad, yes. Ahmad? Ahmad. Yeah. He said that he would be sending his apprentice Shema over Shama, but, to yes. the Sisters Temple. If I remember correctly, it was to kind of like figure out some way of like atoning for our sins of have, of our snake having eaten their priceless waxwork golem prototype. Uh-huh. And I think what I told him was that, well, there's no point asking me to do waxwork. That's, I mean, I'm not qualified. You don't know how to do that. Nope. Yeah, maybe we can figure out some way of like I could help them with Sparkcraft or like melding our sciences or something, and then he assigned one of his apprentices to me. Yes. So I think she must have shown up at some point, but like let's have an encounter with her, and then I want to indulge my voice and bring her along with me. But like let's see her first. Like yeah. what 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 do you think that dynamic is like? So I think she is probably in her mid twenties, kind of 
looks like the kind of person who cares very much about one thing. And in her case, that is, you know, building waxwork golems. And does not care very much about anything else. So, like, she's got, like, she, you know, frazzled hair, a kind of harried look about her as if nothing else apart from the thing that she cares about has even occurred to her. Kind of like a mad scientist vibe, right? And probably the last couple of times she's turned up at the temple, Padmapriya has looked at her and said, oh, my darling, you look so disheveled. Would you like some help? And then um, I think Shama's, like, heard this kind of thing her entire life. So she's been like, no, it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Like that dynamic, I think, has been slowly deepening. And today, when you see her enter, you definitely see her like watching for Padmapriya uh, out of the corner of her eye because she wants to avoid the lecture that she's no doubt going to get because she's wearing the same clothes as she was wearing the last time she came. Miraz obviously doesn't notice any of this. He's like, oh, she's back again, is she? Yeah. And I think what's been happening is that so she only cares about waxwork really? i don't think she has any interest whatsoever in fusing the two sciences oh really Veras has no interest in waxwork so i think what's been happening is that she shows up because she's supposed to show up mm-hmm. uh, miras lets her in because miras supposed to let her in then she just kind of like sits in one corner and then reads or maybe works on like small waxwork stuff that she managed to bring in on a satchel while miras putters around and does his thing and then she leaves in the evening, and they barely exchange any word. And I think Miraz is getting ready to do the same. And as he kind of like takes off his like that sort of like flight jacket thing that he wears, mm-hmm. I say flight jacket to kind of like for the aesthetic of that. Yes. It's not actually a flight jacket because you know. Anyway, he's about to take it off and like get to work, and then he kind of like looks and sees this really driven young woman who's like probably I kind of go back and forth on how old Miraz is actually. But I think he's, I think he's probably mid twenties himself. He's probably like a couple years older than her. Mm-hmm. And if we're drawing on like South Asian vibes, then I think those couple years mean a lot in terms of like social responsibility and so on. So and she, you know she's still studying and so on, whereas he's a graduate, yes. a qualified uh, engineer. As he, you know, not not to brag, and he would never you know bring this up on his own, you know. Yeah. So he kind of like looks at Chama. Then he says. Uh, Yush, uh, Shamapu, what are you doing right now? I think she looks up at you. Do, do you have work to do today? She looks up at you and says, I'm doing what I always do. I am waiting for something interesting to happen in your temple while I work on much more important and interesting things. What are, what, what are you doing? Interesting thing. We, we put up lights all over the place and there's... Okay, I know, I know. If it doesn't drip wax and it didn't come out of a bee, it's not interesting to you. But tell you what, I think, you know, instead of this sort of unspoken agreement to not speak to each other thing that we're doing, sitting across this workshop and you coming here, wasting your time, me, you know, I could be doing more if you weren't here. Let's see if we can make something of this, right? I think I will, you uh, just, just come with me. Have you had breakfast? I don't think you've had breakfast. You, uh, you don't look like someone who has breakfast. Why would I? I don't have time for breakfast. Why would I? Well, you have time for breakfast because your 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 time is supposed to be here, sitting around, and which means if I tell you to come have breakfast, you're going to have breakfast. So come, get up. We're going to go to. Have you been to the Imperial Ward? The Imperial? Oh no! Why would I go to the Imperial Ward? Complete, completely unnecessary. Well, we are going to the Imperial Ward to meet my friend. Come, come, get up, get up. 
and I'm going to take her to meet. So normally I meet Fuzzy on Sarek in the Playful Turtle uh-huh. in Columbus. But today we're going to go, I think we're going to go back to the cafe. Okay. What was it? The aubergine? The uh, grapefruit. The grapefruit. <laughs> Incredible. Nice. I think it's, I think it's possible yeah. that like the, uh, the uh, Uduwashan locals call it the aubergine and not the grapefruit. Uh, it's what yeah. Abbas definitely calls it from yes. now. <laughs> two, two completely uh-huh. unrelated plants. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like how the orange is a Chinese apple in some languages, right? It's just people are confused about plants sometimes. Yeah, so we're going to the aubergine. Never. I, I actually also have business at the grapefruit because I'm trying to reduce our heat. So maybe I'm in this seat also, <laughs> if that makes good. sense. Excellent. Yeah. So I think I was going to go over to the aubergine slash the grapefruit to talk to Fozzie Ansarek. And I think I was going to talk to her about the airship, see what she knows about it. Because let's be honest, this is the biggest spark. This is the biggest game in town in terms of Sparkcraft, right? Qualified Sparkcraft engineers don't just grow on trees in Uduasha. They don't grow on trees uh, in Duskwall either. They, they, they craft them out mm-hmm. of pure metal. Yeah. Well, Sorry, please. I have no response to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would be stunned if you had. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was my instinct to have a response to it, but I don't. Yeah. Um, double play. Anyway, so I think he was going to go over there and try to like talk to Fuzzy Ansarik about like getting involved in this airship, uh, see what context she has. Like, you know, he wants to get in himself, but like maybe the foundation can also have business, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe a freewheeling scene. I don't know. But why not take Shema, my new apprentice? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as Vickers comes along with you, mm. let's say that she is, because she has business here as well. I think we will see Vickers very uncomfortable to return to the scene of the crime. She is like unusually timid, picking at her skirts, just walking alongside, but having resolved to return to this location yeah. so that she can help straighten things it out. It makes perfect see. sense for you to be here because your dad's running the show. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I'm probably involved in this conversation with Fasia <laughs> as well, but I have my own agenda. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yes, Vickers will be quite uncomfortable. Okay, so let's go over there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to roll Indulge Vice to see what the tone of the scene is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because this is a Vice Indulgence. Uh, I'm taking help from Shama. So she's not my friend. She's my contact. So what are you, What are your rules regarding that sort of thing, Tree? I think that you can get... I think she's kind of... like She's in a fictional position to give you this help, but you're not going to do it for free. And in this case, probably the thing that she's going to demand that you do for her is... I think she's going to say that like if, you know, like... You're gonna drag her down to Golumpith, and you're gonna make her. No, sorry, you're gonna drag her into the Imperial Quarter, and you're gonna make her meet all these people, and it's just terrible. And she wants something from the temple, and to have to arrange it for her. I don't know what it is yet. Oh, I know what that is. It's very stupid. Uh, she she wants to talk to the snake. Uh, sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. I think Miraz doesn't really doesn't care enough about the snake to consider this a problem. Like here, sure, whatever. If you can find that, sure. Right. Good, good luck to you. Yeah. I wonder if they can get the snake to regurgitate the golem. 
because it does take snakes a very <laughs> long time to digest. Oh god. Well, that's, that's what a bus would do if if he was aware of what's going on. Uh -huh. So, I will help you at this meeting, but it will cost you one snake puke. <laughs> I rolled a four. I had eight stress, so I still have four stress left. That's fine. Right. I mean, it's okay. still so, quite good. So, this meeting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's a moderately successful meeting, I suppose. Um, that's kind of like a... So, how do you think it goes? Like, a, So, we show up, and I'm um, talking to Fozia, and I uh, look at probably... I uh, look at Vickers and say, Okay, Vickers, uh, I know you're, you're you have a close relationship with your father. He doesn't like me very much, but I don't want to lean on you too much. You know, it feels like he won't respond very well to that. But this would be good for me, right? Like if I'm involved in this airship, like it's it would be a good idea for me to be involved, keeping an eye on things. Yes, of course, but also yeah, well, you're certainly the most qualified. Yes, I think so as well. Don't you don't you agree, Fazio? I think Fazia, sorry, Fazia, yeah, no, Fazia is uh, yeah. like me in a. Uh, she's gone like to depressive now. Um, she's yeah. actually very quiet. Yes, just like twirling her spoon in her hands, not really paying attention. And then you have to say Fazia, and she's like, mm -mm, yeah. uh, yes, yes, exactly. I completely agree. Yes, uh, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying that I would like to have a position on the Ashcroft Industries airship project. And I would like you and Vickers to help me with that because, well, Lord Ash Earl Ashcroft, my father-in-law, doesn't like me very much because, well, he is my father-in-law and he doesn't approve of that. Uh, also, I don't think he takes, he approves of Eruvian as engineers in general, he thinks that we are all like Shama here, and all we care about is wax and all that. And he doesn't want to do anything to do with wax. He wants Sparkcraft. And Shama, listen, this—it's very good that you're here. Okay, this group uh, that Fozia represents, the, uh, the they call the foundation. It's all about bringing science forward. And you and your wax golems that you're developing for a hundred years, and then a snake eats it, and now you're just trying to uh, get that back. You know, forget about it. Move forward, uh, Fazia. Don't you think that's true? Oh, this, uh, this, this uh, Chandler stuff. It, 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 it won't go anywhere. I mean, it's all old nonsense. Oh, Ali, what the wax that it's print. Um, I'll be honest, Daz, I think you probably did them a favor and you got your god to eat it. And I think she's not even like really paying attention to what she's saying. I don't think Mira's is subtle enough to pick up on what that might be. In fact, I'd be surprised if Shama is, but maybe she is. No, no, I, I think like probably uh, in this case, uh, Shama's not going to immediately be like, ha, like evidence that like you did it. But I think. This is the like. She's probably gonna get a vibe that you don't really mean for her to work together with you, right? This is just like you're trying to distract her because you're not doing anything about the dismissive way your friend is talking about this. But then you are also being dismissive about it, so you know, all much of a muchness. I look at Shama and say, "Send Shama." 
you and I both know that when it comes to uh, waxwork stuff, I'm useless. And I can learn a little bit from you, I think, uh, to be able to help you. But mostly what I can do is I can teach you Sparkcraft. And I know that's not necessarily what you want, but Akaros uses the their hulls very effectively. And they don't get eaten up by big snakes. I think there's definitely stuff that you can learn through Sparkcraft. And as I'm as I'm working with you, I'm sure I can pick up some things from Waxwork because of course it's very intricate engineering. I admire it greatly. Like how can you make wax behave that it's in that way it's amazing. I don't agree with the outcome, but the worksmanship is amazing. And that's why I think this is going to be unorthodox, but I think it's a good idea. Hear me out. I think you and I should try to get a job on this airship construction because you're a good engineer. You have to be. And it doesn't matter about whether we're working with steel or whether we're working with wax. In fact, I'm sure sure working with wax is even harder, all the welding and so on. It's good Eruvian talent that these accuracies they're learning to recognize, and then he kind of like, uh, you know, very humbly kind of touches himself on the chest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not bragging too much, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. recognize me. They're learning to recognize good engineering, but there's so much talent, and they're dismissing most of us as like being hidebound in tradition. If we can bring together tradition and modern engineering and Sparkcraft in this in this project, yeah, that would be a real coup. And well, the money certainly won't hurt. I actually think this is one of those things where, as you say this, actually, Fosia is like kind of picking up, right? Like, this is like, even if she is depressed, this is exciting and it's what like she is living for, really. So it seems to me like, like, what do you want from this? Do you want to like start a project at which and at the end of which you will have like a job on this thing doing something meaningful and maybe you could get some money out of it or is it like you just want to convince her to collaborate like what is your goal here i think there's probably some sort of score or something that might be involved with the airship Uh but i want to get a job on that airship right what that would actually end up being mechanically i don't know but i think at the same time i'm trying to yeah so it's clearly a double-ended thing And I'm not really sure what the interesting thing to do in terms of a mechanic or a long-term project here would be. Okay. Turning Shama into my friend, maybe? Yeah. Trying to get... I think that's a good first step, turning Shama into your friend. And then, once you're friends with her, maybe then you two together can work on the airship. That would be my opinion. Yeah, that seems nice. Um, in that case, let's say that, like, why don't you make this role? I think, like, it's probably, like, worth two roles here because, like, you're appealing to something in her that is interested in this kind of thing. The airship is like a huge project. It's like, you know, even if you hate capitalism, if somebody looked at you and said, do you want to get on Elon Musk's spaceship to Mars? Would you be like, no, I'm not going to do that? It might be, but some people wouldn't be like that. Some people would be like, I still do want to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 if I had the money, I would buy a Tesla. Well, yes, indeed. So I think that like, I'm imagining this as like a four-step clock. Make her your friend. Because you've chosen, okay. like, somehow okay. the perfect approach. You know, like, this is exactly the kind of thing that she's interested in. And the misgivings that she might have had otherwise, the interestingness of the job itself is kind of uh, overcoming those. I think I want to assist you with this role, if I'm allowed to assist uh-huh. in downtime since I'm Should here. Be. 
Yeah. Yeah, and the, the reason that this stresses Vickers out is that she's here to talk to the restaurant staff and apologize. So she will be a, take a little bit of stress now as she orders for the table as this is going on. She doesn't understand much of this like technical talk, right? But she will order uh, for for Sharma, and I will actually end up paying a coin for this later because I have an action. But for now, she orders for Sharma like some of the nice ah, biscuits nice. and tea, and like. Pours it and just says, I really do think you should consider it. You know, it comes with quite some few perks, aside from the interesting work itself. Do you know, my sister was always the better cook than me. <laughs> <laughs> she has tasted my cooking. Mm. And, uh, you know, working closely with the Ashcroft, she might actually eat something that tastes good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think this is especially effective because prior to this, Miras and Fazia they had immediately started talking to each other. Well, Miras had been talking at her. Fozia was probably responding listlessly because she's depressed yes. right now. But like, they had probably ordered a drink each because the restaurant made them. And then the waiters were giving them stink eyes because they've been, it's been almost half an hour. It's been almost an hour. They finished their drinks and just then they're just, they haven't ordered yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so yeah, you can take this... Uh... Assistance. I was going to give you a die for Fozia, but I think like you're already getting the die from Vickers. Instead, Fozia is uh, unfortunately unable to offer you the full die because she's... Yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. I rolled a three. Ah, yeah. So and one tick. That... Yeah. Progress think, is like, slow. Ultimately, you know, this is a juicy buffer and she is interested, but you are... In the middle of the Imperial Quarter, you're in a place that she knows very well is called the Aubergine because of like some in joke that like nobody has explained to her, but everybody knows is very funny. And she's not convinced that like you really mean this in the way that like you should be. So you had two dice and swear, you rolled a two and a three. And I think you see her kind of like hunch on this biscuit, and it's a nice biscuit. And then she says, I think you should come to Golampit with me. That is a man who sells who sells the best uh, that you've ever had in your life. Much better than this stuff. And then she like just tosses the biscuit uh, on on the plate. It is a very good biscuit, but I think she's a bit like, no, I'm better than you. No, even though like she's clearly not. And I think like that's kind of why it falls flat at the moment. Yeah, I think Vickers looks horrified at this because oh dear me, oh dear me. <laughs> takes the biscuit and hides the fact that she's being rude towards the staff because this is terrible. I'm here to apologize. Yeah. I think Mira's just kind of like waves his hand dismissively and says, ah, you'll, you'll come around. But if you're going to be like that, I mean, I suppose you can have the day off or stay around. I don't care. And then, and then he's going to turn to Vickers and say, there was something you wanted to do here at the restaurant too, right? Oh, yes, I really, I really must have a word with the maitre d'. I, yeah. sorry. And, uh, whoever is in charge around here, yeah. I need to talk it's to. Like, do you need help with that? You, and you're getting the signal that what he really wants to do is just sit there and talk nerd bullshit with Fozio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Vickers picks up on it. He goes like, oh, no, it, it should be fine. I, do, I don't want to drag you into this as well. It's just, You just enjoy and please finish the biscuits. We look awfully good <laughs> if we don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they just start demolishing the biscuits now that they're yeah. there. Um. <laughs> I think yeah. the maitre d' is uh, it's from Imperial City. This is like a... Mm -hmm. He got this job because he couldn't get any jobs in Imperial City, and this pays much better than anything he can get back home. 
but he still does see this as kind of beneath mm-hmm. his station, right? Uh, so he's like, uh-huh. you know, wearing this uh, perfect coiffed vest, immaculately pressed dress shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got this like well-oiled mustache, mm-hmm. and uh, he looks up and he says, yeah. uh, "Yes, mum, there's something I can help you with." Uh, yes, uh, Vic- Victoria Evangeline Chakraborty. Uh, you you may recognise me from well, I was here not too long ago, and I'm afraid there was a a bit of a misunderstanding, and I'm here to apologise and, and clear up any matters. Oh yes, and and also, and I will ah, produce yes, one coin here, yeah. and also pick up some more of that that peculiar red tea. Um, my very good friend was interested in it. Anyway, if you if you could be a dear, please, and forget about the whole affair and, and don't talk about it anymore. That I'm sure people must have already talked, but yeah, well, yeah, you see, like, um, you just like, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. to profusely apologize. I think we see this uh-huh. man like initially when you're talking to him, he's like, okay, can't be rude to a customer, but I'm really impressed. And when you flash the money, he's like, oh, I see. And then when you're like, oh, but red uh-huh. tea, immediately he goes again, not impressive. Uh, and then like. You know, money's money. So I think he will say, well, I think that any donation towards the, towards the tip jar, and then he's going to, like, look in the direction towards, like, a suspiciously empty mm-hmm. jar, and he'll say will be much acknowledged by all of the staff. And then he, like, rings a little bell, and then someone comes up to him, and he says, um, show the lady the, show the lady the Iron Dale first flash. I think that is what she re- she's referring to. Oh yes, yes, just just the uh, just the leaves, please. I'm I'm bringing for a friend. But anyway, if you could be so kind as to forget about what happened here and and the whole incident, I'd be most grateful. And I'm actually spending both a yeah. coin and the rep here. I'm spending the rep yeah. to reduce heat because that is my. And I think, think it makes sense to lower rep because I'm basically just asking yeah. him to forget yeah. about all this to be kind. So I'm going to roll consort, I think, to reduce heat. I don't think I have any particular yeah. bonus to this, so, so oh, a one. Just this, it's a well, one. Yeah, so I, I reduce think the one. The problem heat. here is that this man really does think he's not that he's better than you. He could never be better than like a noble, but that mm-hmm. you know, you should have some decorum. Can't turn up and expect to bribe mm-hmm. me and just like everything. Will... Yeah, I think he says, um, uh-huh. "Well, yeah. I will take it under advisement." Uh, if you would like the tea, I'm sure my colleague here can help you. Oh yes, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so very much. I I shall, well, um, I shall return to my table post haste. But I do need some of that tea. I, Joan has been quite out of sorts. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I, I, I yeah, do recall, Joan really wanted some more of this tea, yeah. so I'm picking some up for her, and that's that's like my excuse. Also, I'm spending a coin. I, I don't know what this precisely contributes to, but I'm Very going good. to hand it to yeah. you, Joe. I was actually so. going to say, um, maybe the coin could count as a devil's bargain here to like give you another die, but like at that moment before you rolled, it didn't come. No, I'm spending it towards a separate. I'm, I'm spending it yeah. towards a separate totally thing entirely. So. Uh, and, and I think he says, uh, well, if the lady uh, is satisfied, then I'm afraid my duties call, call me elsewhere. And he's got a very plastic, yeah, insincere oh, yes, smile course, I... on his face. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think Vickers totally does not get it that this role fails. He goes, oh, thank you so much. I'm most relieved. Yeah. You've been so hospitable. <laughs> and she's 
Yeah. Everything is fine now, and, and we just is, will forget he is about too all of this. professional to like immediately <laughs> roll his eyes as soon as you turn around. But we know that's what he wants. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Incredible. Yes. No, in Vicar's world, everything is okay. Everyone has now forgotten about this incident, except for V and, yeah. and Elizabeth, of course. Yeah. But I will deal with that later. Right. I think like that seems to be the end of that scene, right? Mm -hmm. I think. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, if it's okay, it's about quarter to one for me. I would be deeply grateful if we could wrap here. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll do Joan and Abbas next time. And mm -hmm. yeah, we will. I, I will pass on yeah. the tea and we will see what comes of it. Not just Joan and Abbas, but my other free Dantam action. Yes, okay. Oh, yeah. Which I get yeah, for free. Indeed. Yeah, we'll yeah. Note, note that down so we know. I'll remind you. Because yeah. I get three Dantam actions for free. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've I've had three downtime actions for free for as long as you've had it. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh -huh. like... <laughs> I, I, I... big. I have three PS3s yeah. energy here. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called tree. Zoheb called Clow, Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music, Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by Johnstone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at DesperateAttune at gmail.com. Support us at Kofi.com slash DesperateAttune. <laughs>